Welcome to the Lions Guide Podcast, where we take on topics in performance and personal growth. By exploring success stories and lessons learned, we interview expert guests, and we review books and other resources to help us establish clarity, build courage, and lead. I'm your host, Dale Walls, founder of the Lions Guide and certified high-performance coach. On today's episode, I've got a longtime friend, the last two decades who I met in the Marine Corps, uh, Dwayne Wagner. And Dwayne's currently an investor in real estate. Uh, he's an entrepreneur. He's 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 serving as a leader in providing affordable housing in the greater Houston area, as well as remodeled and sold a number of residential properties. This is after you know the last 20 years of building the company that we started together and uh, selling it in 2018. So he's moved on to another level and 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 really just gotten after it. So he's he's got a he's recently transitioned to getting up early and and it's brought a lot of value to his life. So I wanted to invite him on the podcast and jump into his story, you know, the way he's, he's lives in a high performance lifestyle, you know, talk a little bit about his experience in the Marine Corps and as an entrepreneur and as a leader, how he's trans made these necessary transitions, what he's into now. So you guys can learn the lessons he learned and learn from his experience. So if you like the sound of that, hit the subscribe button. So you don't miss any of our other great guests and content. And with that, let's start the show. Today we've got Mr. Dwayne Wagner on the podcast, and you know, I wanted to have Dwayne on the show because you know, one, he and I go way, way back, even to geez, the beginnings of, I guess, really my start, you know, Marine Corps, you know, whatever, where we where we first met. But um, you know, recently, and Dwayne, Dwayne and I have grown together in a lot of ways over the last you know, 20 plus years. But uh, recently, you know, Dwayne's really kind of taken on a challenge to getting up early. And it's something that, you know, I wanted to have him on the show because he and I have talked about this and he's really kind of broken through that. So he's got an awesome story to tell, a bunch to gain there. But I know it's an area that that I find myself talking to a lot of people about. So something I want to jump into. But uh, with that, I'll let Dwayne, welcome to the show. Go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Hey, man. Good to be here. Uh, yeah. Hey, Dwayne Wagner, uh, live in Houston area, currently in uh, the real estate field. Um, but like you mentioned, you and I kind of running around uh, in the Marine Corps together and and uh, obviously in the IT space together for almost 20 years. So yeah, that's pretty simple, man. Uh, good to be here, though. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, um, so we've got we could go in a million different directions, but, uh, you know, let's, let's start at the top with the, you know, you read the book, the 5am club. I think even you called me one day and I even turned it into a training. You called me and I'm like, dude, what, what do I got to do to get up? And, and, um, I, I just kind of like hip pocketed something. And then after we hang up, I go, man, I need to write this shit down and go because, you know, it's something. So I actually turned that into a, <laughs> a training video that's out in the Lions Guy members area because it was like, again, I, I record these videos around things that I find myself like it just saying over and over again. So I, some of this selfishly, I want to be able to go, hey, okay, you want to get up earlier, go out in the members area and there's there everything you need to know on that. Like just, just, just to kind of like scale some of these conversations I have over and over. So, so I owe you a thanks for that because it kind of pushed me to kind of get, get one of the first ones done, you know, and, and wrapped up. But, uh, so tell me about like, you know, so tell me what was going on, you know, what was your, what was life like you were, I don't know, you know, where were you at? What made you kind of make this transition to start getting up earlier? 
Yeah, man. I mean, listen, this is a, uh, for me, it's a, you know, almost a 20 year battle. Um, you know, back in the Marine Corps days, you know, we were, we were forced to do it, right? You, you had to get up in PT, you had to get up and muster call for whatever. I mean, it, you know, whatever it was, like you had to get up. And if you didn't get up, you know, you were, you were in trouble. So, you know, fast forward out of, out of the Marine Corps and, you know, then life happens, man. You have kids, you have, you know, ever increasingly long days. Um, and, and like I said, life just happens. And, you know, I quickly got out of that, that early AM model, you know, like I said, for, for dozens of years. So, you know, for me now, I've actually tried the 5 AM club, uh, method many, many, many times. So, and, and you and I have talked about it you know, quite a few times in itself. And, you know, I felt like I always come back to you, you know, for advice or lessons learned or whatever. God, you know, many times going, I failed again. What am I doing wrong? I failed again. What am I doing wrong? You know, so, you know, what it boiled down to me was, you know, I, you know, I got, I got an 18 year old son that's, that's himself getting ready to leave for the Marine Corps actually on, uh, on Sunday. So, you know, as he's getting older, as my younger son, who's nine, um, is progressing through his school, you know, I, I'm running two businesses now, other investing stuff kind of on the side. So kind of three different businesses I'm trying to run at the same time. Plus, I'm trying to run a brand new marriage. Uh, you know, I inherited uh, three kids by way of marriage. So we got five kids between us. Like I said, five kids, three businesses, a new wife. You know, I got a million things going on. So what what for me hit me was, you know, probably six months ago, like it just dawned on me. I had to do something different because there quite literally was not enough time in the day to do what I wanted to do to feel accomplished for that given day. And and I started over and, and I think I called you back then going, man, I have got to do this. What's my problem? And and I'm gonna laugh and 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 give away some of my secret here, but you know, you laughed at me and said, "Man, you got to get some discipline back in your body." Um, and and <laughs> it was then that the alarm kind of went off my head, going, "God, I, I hate to say it, but he's right. You know, he's right. Like I've lost all that." So, you know, at that point, I was reading a couple of books that were very inspiring, um, and you know, I was like, "You know what? You know, these books inspire me. Let me see if I can find something." So I did find that 5 a.m. book, uh, and I read it. And I'll tell you what, it's it's a it's a mostly a fable. And as I got through it, you know, it just dawned on me that, man, this, this isn't hard. You're making it way harder than it needs to be. And so I, I literally flipped the switch one day and said, this is my new life. And, and I'll tell you what, you know, the last, I think I've been doing it now for just over three months or so, you know, am I, am I tired in the evenings? Of course, right? Who isn't? We're getting up at 430 every morning, but I tell you what, Every day I go to sleep, lay my head on that pillow, I feel like I've accomplished what I intended to get accomplished that day. So I feel great. Yeah. And I mean, I guess what changed, right? So you talked about, you know, in the Marine Corps, you had to, you know, you were made to get up. And then, so what was it now? Is it, was it newfound necessity, basically, that kind of just like, hey, I got to make some changes and start getting up early? Well, um, again, uh, I kind of hit on it, like, you know, I felt like I was going to bed stressing out or, you know, my mind's going a thousand miles an hour on things I had to get done. You know, I'll, I'll call it I'll call it unorganized chaos. And and, that, and that's a guy that, you know, I'm a planner. Like I plan everything I do. OK, you know, I sit down, 
you know, probably and you and I've talked about this a thousand times. And I know you sit down every weekend and plan out your week. You know, I'm probably not nearly as good at, at that as you are, but I definitely do a few days in advance. Um, so every night I kind of refresh my schedule for the next few days uh, type of approach. And, you know, it works for me. But I was doing that and still felt unorganized and chaotic throughout the day because, again, stuff happens. You know, I get a call from a tenant and, you know, you know, uh, figuratively the house is burning down. You know, well, that just throws your day for a loop. And, and you know, then you don't get your reading done or, you know, you were about to step off for a four-mile run and, and you got that phone call. So now your run's trashed. And it was just – Trying to do those types of things during, you know, the quote unquote common work day when everyone else is awake was just trashing my routines. The, the, the stuff that I knew I needed for mental health, for physical health, they were just getting trashed. So, you know, again, six months ago when I started to have this realization, I was just like, man, I got to do something different. Like, you know, I'm the only one that can fix this and, and, and searching for those solutions. It just quickly came to I got to do those things when other people aren't, you know, at work, quote unquote, or whatever, which translated to me into I got to do it while they're asleep. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like it's in, you know, getting up for five o'clock. Number one, you'll hear some of like the most successful people in the world. If you ever hop on YouTube and you hear like The Rock or these other guys, you go, how the heck does this dude get all this stuff done? And he, he'll say, man, I get up 4 a.m. every day, always have. And now I think some of these guys like don't get enough sleep, you know, so I'm not sitting here like, hey, man, go to bed at midnight and get up at four because I'm going to tell you, I can't do that. So like what yeah, time are you going to bed? What, what, I mean, what's your, what's your routine? I mean, routine wise, I'm, I'm fairly strict. I mean, again, cause you know, three months or so in, I'm still, I still consider myself a rookie at this internally. Right. So I'm still trying to figure out exactly what works for me. So by way of example, um, you know, I still play, uh, men's league softball on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings, but uh, on Wednesday nights, you know, the games are usually pretty late. So if I get home by nine 30 cleaned up, you know, 10, 1030 in bed asleep by 11. Well, that's two hours off my normal sleep. You know, I'm usually in bed by nine to answer your original question. Um, that's two hours off my normal schedule. And I love playing baseball. I love playing softball. So I really don't want to give that stuff up. You know, I enjoy that. So, you know, to me, kind of to your point, you know, I can't get up at 430 on Thursday mornings. I would be not only trash for Thursday, but probably for Friday too. So, you know, I just try to play it smart. You know, if, if I'm in bed, cause sometimes the games are a little earlier than others, you know what? I, so if, if I'm two hours behind, I wake up two hours behind and, and yes, that, that kind of tweaks my morning, you know, when people are sleeping routine. But what I have found is I'd rather have five or six days of that, as opposed to trying to, to cram it in and cram it down my own throat and then, you know, ruin a couple of days. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a hundred percent. It feels like, like, you know, and, and it's been great. And number one, I'll circle back to something you said, like, if you're looking at your week, you know, and it sounds like you're kind of doing like a rolling week. So every few days you're looking yeah. at that, which is cool. I haven't really thought of that. I, I for me, I kind of have a, a end of week. I call it my week close routine. So I close out my week. I print out my calendar for the next week. I get my schedule all straight. And then, and like, I'll see that, like, and if I were to use your example, I would see, okay, Thursday night, 
I'm going to be late. I know I'm not getting home yeah. until 10 o'clock. It means I'm not really probably going to get sleep till 11. Okay, let's look at Friday morning. Okay, yep, Friday morning, I'm not getting up till 7, you know, because I want that full seven hours of sleep or whatever the case may be. And that's typical. Actually, you know, say like my my weekends, I'll do that. Like, you know, I, I try not to go all prohibitive on it, my family and, you know, social life and you'll be in bed by nine on Saturdays. You know, <laughs> we, we have friends, we have a life and, you know, um, so, but, so that's what typically happens, but I still get up. Like I was talking the other day to someone and said, look, look, don't just sleep in, like, don't take, don't just sleep in on Sunday. I'll still set an alarm. My, my sleep is seven hours. Like I, I want to get seven hours of sleep. That's what I found to be ideal for me. So if I'm going to bed at 11, I'm setting my alarm for six. So the routine, the habit of getting up when that alarm goes off is still happening seven days a week, you know, even though I'm still, you know, uh, I'm still getting my seven hours and I'm not getting up at, at 4 a.m. On, on Sunday, but I am still going through the practice of here my yeah. alarm, getting up, brushing my teeth, drinking my water, doing all those things that I do to yep. get started, you know. So I have I have one cheat day, if you will, you know, Sunday, um, you're going to laugh at me, but Sunday, I allow myself a cheat day. I will allow myself to snooze one time on Sundays only. And and I know that sounds stupid and funny and you're probably going to laugh at me. For some reason, that nine minutes feels like an eternity. (laughs) Right. Right. So now, yeah. yeah. So, um, no, but, but, and the other thing that you mentioned, just the value that you get out of these early hours, man. I mean, it's the, it's the truth that you can probably get more done. Or so what time are you getting up now? Are you 5 a.m., 4.30? What are you? So, so my alarm is at 4.30. Um, so what that allows me to do, um, you know, my, my actual detailed morning routine then would be alarm at 4.30. And like you said, man, uh, I think you actually gave me that suggestion. So I put my alarm, uh, I, I have the whole iPhone and, and watch uh, combo charging unit, whatever. And I used to have it at my bedside. And I mean, you reach over in, in a daze and you, you snooze that thing. Um, so I actually moved that into my bathroom, which my wife hates because it looks really gaudy and out of place uh, in there. Cause, cause I just got lazy and just moved it in there just so I could start getting up. But my alarm goes off four 30. I'm up. My first thing I do, um, is I knock out a max set of pushups right away. And that just gets my blood pumping, gets me moving. Uh, right behind that is cold water in the face. You know, I'll sit there for a minute or two and, and splash cold water on my face, brush my teeth. And then I back down for another max set uh, of pushups. So for one thing, you know, I, I do uh, a push-up challenge with a, a group of people that I, I kind of loosely, I don't work out with them. I work out virtually with them, if you will. So we have a, a push-up challenge. And right now our challenge is 100 push-ups a day, right? So so for starters, I knock my 100 push-ups out before they even have even thought about waking up, right? So I'm, I'm you know, uh, and I'll get into the tech stuff. So I don't text right away. I stay off my electronics uh, in the beginning, but by the time they're waking up, I'm texting them going, 100 done, you're up, right? But after that, you know, I've got my workout clothes set out. Um, now, my routine is a little different. So for some reason, I don't, and this is just a me thing and it's probably just being weird, but I, I cannot work out like right away. I have to, I have to really let my body wake up. So what I do, what works for me, so after I get up, 
the the push-ups, the teeth, the, the getting dressed, my workout clothes are set out. Uh, I'll get dressed and I go straight to my office. And from about five, well, about 4.45 to about 5.45 is book hour. I will read uh, a book um, for an hour, almost to a T, uh, just get my, my mental sweat on, if you will. Uh, and by that time, uh, it's time for my workout. So my workouts change, um, but I like to run probably three times a week, four miles or so, but usually four to six miles, usually never less than four. Um, but I got gym days every now and again, I'll sprinkle in. Uh, I have something called a, uh, a journal day here lately. I've been doing Fridays. I just, cause I'm, I just, I'm tired. Um, but I'll sit down and journal for a few minutes and I've got letters to my kids. I got a letter to my wife that I kind of, they don't even know about them. I just kind of write every day, kind of just brain dump thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, to them as if I'm talking to them. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then I break that up every few minutes with, with pushups. So my Friday, like this past Friday, I think I did three or 400 pushups in an hour and I was exhausted that in between pushups, you're journaling. So it was kind of, I felt really cool that day. Yeah. I've done it. I've done it twice now. You know, from a push-up standpoint, you're exhausted, and from a journaling standpoint, like you, you get some good time to 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 write to your kids for something they they may read in ten years or twenty or, you know, never. Who knows? But and that's sure. it. So after how does that, that make you feel getting it getting it done? Like, oh my god! Know, so I you're mean, journaling it just because it hit on that because I think that's something that like people don't do anymore. Uh, it's something I encourage clients and and do myself yeah. that. Yeah, again, I often joke when I talk about some of the things I'm doing today and I go, man, if the 20 year old version of me like saw like some of the stuff I do now, whether it's meditation or even the days I squeeze in yoga and all that stuff, like the the, the young piss and vinegar version of me would be like, dude, what are, what are you doing? You know, oh, but, I, I know what he tell, tell you. You're crazy. <laughs> you know? He tell you're crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh, but journaling's one of them, you know, so, so you do some journaling, so yeah. it's worth hitting on that. Like what, what does that do for you? Right. You know, for me, like, as, as you know, like I, I don't have a great memory, right? So I, you know, all the studying I do, like I have to take copious notes on every book I read, or if I'm studying something, um, real estate exam or whatever, it doesn't matter, man. If I don't write it down or, or I've got these little, um, clear, uh, they're basically tape. You can kind of see through them, but they're for like books. You just, I put them in there as, as, uh, as uh, bookmarkers almost for things that I want to be able to go back and reference quickly. Like if I'm not doing that stuff, I, I tend to forget pretty quickly. So, so as, as it pertains to journaling, um, you know, I'll come up with an idea, you know, at, at five o'clock in the morning about, you know, something I want to tell my son or whatever. And, and so by, by journaling that in, it's almost like it reinforces it in my brain that I got to I got to have that conversation or I need to uh, do whatever, you know, and, and then again, to me, it's cool. Like I said, I don't know what I want to do with it yet, but, you know, and I only journal to my kids or to my wife. That's it. Um, my two kids and her and, uh, you know, five years, 10 years, you know, may, maybe we print that and binder it and, you know, just kind of be cool. You know, my kids will be reading that in 30 years going, man, this is what my dad was thinking in 2021. Right. Like, yeah. You know, I think that would just kind of yeah. be cool to have, um, you know, and like I said, my, my son goes off to the Marine Corps uh, later th- or early next week. So, you know, I'll probably start doing it to him a lot more because I won't, I won't be able to have those conversations. So, you know, for me, it's more, I still feel like I'm communicating. And like I said, my, and my youngest is nine, so he doesn't get half the lessons I want to teach him. He doesn't get that now, you know, so, you know, maybe one day he'll sure, read yeah, that yeah. stuff and, and he'll know, you know. 
and, and yeah, and I can look back sometimes and I go, man, I, you know, cause I, I, you know, a lot of the men that are in my family, let's say like, you know, especially like grandfathers, they died when I was young, but I look yeah. back and they ran businesses, they ran farms, like, you know, Wouldn't whatever. You and I kind of go, that I was, story? yeah. Like what were they thinking? Like, you know, yeah. or whatever, like you, you don't like, you know, and not, not say I'm envious or love the folks that like could still go tap in their grandfather and go, Hey, pop up. What, what the heck is going on with <laughs> what would you have done when you were 40 to be better off now? Like, you know, yeah. um, but you know, like, like what you're doing, that would be awesome to kind of for you. It, it, it is awesome. And they will have that as a gift, you know, to kind of leave your legacy in writing that they can just kind of relate to you, you know, when they're 50 years old, you know, they got this just memoir of, of just kind of stuff that you're going through or whatever, you know, so I yeah. think that's, that's awesome. Well, and, and call it what it is, man. There's, there's going to be some lessons of, uh, Hey, you need to do this. And there's, there's probably going to be some lessons in there of, Hey man, I made this mistake. Don't do this. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, that, and that's, and that's okay. Yeah. No. And, and, and I think another like value of, of just that, I mean, for me, like I, like, like you, like I get up now, one of the things now, so in my house, uh, Jody has like drank this Kool-Aid of the benefit of getting up early. So the last, at least the last year, I'd say, I would guess is that, um, you know, she gets up at 4am with me and we actually spend the first hour of the day, like having coffee together and catching up, you know, and, and that's our quality time, you know, um, I guess it's not our only quality time, but it's certainly, you know, you've read the compound effect, right? Like, you know, the more you do those little things. So, so we're, we've got, you know, planned quality time together, at least an hour every day. So, so to your point, like the day starts, the, the world takes over, you know, the, the world of distractions take over and stresses yeah. and, and other people's priorities, like start coming at you and you don't have time. And, and, and the things that suffer are the things that you can put off, right? Like having coffee with the wife or, you know, or whatever. Like if you had a tenant who yeah. like you, you had a dinner date and you had some emergency at a property that you had to, for whatever reason had to deal with, well, you're not going to not go deal with it because you had dinner planned, you know, with Norma, you're going to have to go deal with it. It's your business. Yeah. So, you know, for us, like we've just got this now this automatic quality time. Cause certainly like in business, like just, you know, running a company, it was always something, right? Like we were putting in yeah. the 60 to 80 hours a week. So there was always something that inevitably, you know, took away from those things. So now we've got that, but then I read, but then I also have an hour of, you know, thought what I call my thought development time where I'm either journaling or I'm, I'm working on something or whatever, but it, but well, you're, you're allowed to think in your own yeah, that, space. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was trying to get to. Like the day, the demands of the day don't give you time to think. You, you just, you if if you just wake up at your time of last resort, let's say like, yeah, you, you, you got to get up now because if you don't get up now, you're going to be late for work or late for whatever you're going to do. Now you're boom, straight into the chaos of the day. And it's all the way through to the end. And if you never had that time to just quiet times for your brain to work and just like you're journaling, it's, it's pulling stuff out of your head, you know, and I don't know, you just don't get it otherwise. I'll give you a quick example of, of, of how that is unhealthy. Um, you know, so back in the IT days, you know, as, as I mentioned before, I live in Houston, right? So I'm on central time. So I'm an hour behind East Coast, you know, having clients in New York City or Florida or whatever, an hour ahead of me, you know, by the time I got my kids up and dressed for school, 
you know, those guys are already an hour into work, right? So I was quite literally, you know, I don't know, be conservative and say three days a week, I was starting my day, like awaking to some kind of an emergency, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, in hindsight, I look back at that stuff and go, man, that, you know, that was so easily fixable. Because I think, I think it's, it's like, it's like a fire in your house, you know, not, not that, I've even experienced that myself, but like if you wake up to a fire alarm blaring or, or your, even your, you know, your, your kid opens a door and your alarm set and the alarm goes off. Like if you wake out of a dead sleep, something like that, you know, at least me, I'm a little agitated, right? So, <laughs> so well, well, waking up three days a week, you know, work yeah. days to something like that, like, man, I, I look back now going, God, you were miserable and it, and it's, it sucks so bad. And, and knowing what I know now, you know, I want to smack myself in the face back then going, dude, all you had to do was implement the 5am club early, you know, get up, do your run, have your read time, let your body wake up. And then as those emergencies arose, I'm sure I would have handled them differently instead of just being, you know, upset that I woke up to an emergency. Yeah. Look, as far as mindset. So we talked about your journaling. So you're like bringing some clarity in your life. So you have time to think. Right. But uh, another benefit is you start the day winning. Right. Like, yeah, I've already started today. I've had time with my wife. I have done training or read a book or done something. I have worked on a project or put thought into my next project or some piece of work I'm working on. I've got my workout in like, I've gotten all these things done, like you said, before anyone else has even gotten up yet. And I'm just walking into it with a smile like, hey, man, I'm, I'm ready. You know, like I'm already winning, you know, like just, you know, it's a it's, great it's almost feeling. As if, yeah, it's almost as if you could go back to sleep and you've already accomplished more than everybody else already, you know. So, you know, it, it, listen, I, I know you read him, too, and, and I have as well. Um, but I'll name drop here. You know, I'll, I'll be out on my runs and, and you know. I'll, I'll smile and laugh because it's dark outside. I'm in the middle of a four mile run or whatever. And all I can hear is David Goggins in the back of my head, you know, beating his chest and, and, and screaming and be like, you know, look, you know, you're doing something nobody else is doing. And, and, and I'm, I'm serious, man. I, I, you know, I get out there like, uh, uh, King Kong, like beating my chest sometimes. Like I'm just, it's just, it amps me up to know that I'm willing to do so much that most won't even attempt. And it is, it's that in itself motivates me. So, yeah, you know, and, and that's coming from the guy, like I was that guy, man. I was that guy that always used to say, I don't have time to do insert whatever, you know, I ain't got time to read. I ain't got time to work out. I ain't got time to do this. I ain't got, I was that guy. I was that guy for God, 20 years, yeah. you know? And right. You but, know, but since you've been doing this, how much have you knocked out book wise and all that stuff? Okay, so uh, again, I'm guesstimating a little bit, but I used to read about a book every two months, and and I consider myself a reader, right? I'd, I'd read a, about a book every two months, so six books a year. Uh, put it in perspective, in April I read four books, and it's the 11th of May right now as we record this. Um, I'm in the middle of my second book already, so. You know, right. that, and that that's a whole nother round of benefits, right? Like, you know, I used to feel uneducated about whatever topic. So now it's like, hey, man, if I feel uneducated, where's a book? Let, let me go out and read something. And, and yeah, you know, that doesn't mean you're going to get fully educated on it, but at least you're going to have some information. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, you're just, 
the, the just the force multiplier of that, right? So you go from like, hey, I'll work out when I get the time and yeah, you never get the time. Hey, I'll read that book when I get the time and you never get the time, right? Like it's just, it's but boom, you, here you are, you're, 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 you're opening up a, a two to four hour window of time that you never had. And now you're just piling that stuff up. Now you're piling up the workouts, you're piling up yeah. the, the books that you're reading, you're piling up the progress on these projects that you want to get done or your goals, you know, whatever, you know. Well, and I just, I heard you earlier say, uh, you, you said 4 a.m., um, which is funny to me because like I said, I'm three months into this and I was just talking to Norma uh, the other night in bed going, you know, this newfound two to two and a half hours of free time that I now read and work out and, and whatnot, I, sometimes I feel like it's not enough. And, and I literally just said to her the other day, you know, should, should I make it 4.15 instead of 4.30 or four o'clock instead of 4.30? Like, you know, wh- what, would, what would I do if I gave myself 30 more minutes? You know, so when you said 4 a.m., yeah. I, I kind of triggered that competitive juice in my brain going, man, well, if he's doing it, why can't I like, <laughs> why can't I do that? Yeah. So, um, you know, cause there's, there's a lot of things that I still don't get to that. I, I, I have to find time for or schedule in. And, you know, like today I, I did a, a, a ton of QuickBooks work and it's like, man, it's, it's 11 AM. There's other stuff I should be doing that's out away from the desk. Um, but I knew I had, I had to get it done. I had to get done, you know, today. So, uh, you know, so now it's like, man, if I, if I just had 30 more minutes and, you know, I, I scheduled that in and, you know, what would that look like? And, you know, and that's not the only thing it's, it's a bunch of stuff. So I literally just had that thought within this past week that maybe I should bump that up. So that's funny. You brought, you brought that up. Hi everyone. Dale here. I want to take a quick break to invite you to join us at lionsguide.com. Have you ever struggled to show up as your best when you really needed to most? Have you ever stared at your week and you just wondered how the heck am I going to fit all this in? Or worse, have you come to the end of your week and asked, how come you didn't get done what you wanted to? Or maybe have you ever struggled to gain influence at work or home? Or have you felt as if you are a productive person, but you really don't know where you're going or what you want? So the distractions of social media or maybe Netflix take over your day. If any of that sounds like you, I want you to know that you're not alone and invite you to visit us online at lionsguide.com and subscribe to the Lions Guide newsletter or maybe even download some of our free guides to help you on your journey. The time is now to transition to the next level in your performance and personal growth and have some joy in life. Visit lionsguide.com and subscribe today. You owe it to yourself and those most important to you to be the best version of you. Don't lose any more time. Subscribe today. I can't wait to see who you're going to become. And now back to the show. Yeah. And that's a good starting point, right? Like if you, you know, just ask yourself the question, like, what, what would you do if you had more time? Well, I would X, I would read more. Well, okay. Start getting up an hour earlier and read for an hour a day or get up a half hour earlier. Like I get like, some people are like, ah, well, you know, I got to get up and leave for work at 6am. I'm going to tell you when I was running marathons, I had to be to work at 6am, right? You know, and you've run marathons. So, you know, like you've got a four month window where if you're doing it right, you're training, you're working up and that takes a lot of time in your week. But man, I remember at those times, you know, back then that I was getting up, I was getting up at 4 a.m. then to spend my first hour running so I could get squared away and hit the road by five, like whatever. Like I was 
whatever I had to get it done. Like, you know, the, the, the marathon date wasn't going to wait for me, you know, like, and it didn't care. I had to get up at 6am and I knew by the time I got home, you know, cause I worked from six to three shifts back then. And, you know, by the time I got home with traffic, I was on the road for two hours. So yeah, I wasn't running home, like ready to run out the door to, to get a four, four to seven mile run in, you know? So I was like, man, I'll do it in the morning. And I remember those summer days, man, that's where I first learned that it, when it's humid in the summer, it's yeah. just as humid at 3am as it is at 5am. And it sucks, man. You walk yeah, out the door, it's pitch dark and the humidity just slaps you in the face. And you got to realize you got to run seven miles and you do it anyway. Right. You know, well, you yeah, but, awesome. like, but like you said, you know, the humidity smacking in the face no matter what, but the sun's not beating down on you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, th- those cars, you know, again, I, I was just talking to somebody about this earlier today. You know, when I run at 6 a.m., because like I said, you know, by the time I'm at my desk, I'd say I hit the road by about 6 a.m. At 6 a.m., I, I think I pass maybe five, six cars by the time I finish my run. Five or six cars. You know, if I, I used to run at lunchtime in the Houston humidity, in the sun beating down on you. And, and it's, man, it was brutal. That sucks. Yeah. That sucks. And, and, and listen, I, the heat and the humidity was not the problem. The problem was that, that little girl on her cell phone that was going to run you over. That's the problem. So, yeah. you know, avoiding stuff yeah. like that, you know, I, I, that sounds odd, I'm sure to, to people listening to this, but I feel safer at five, six o'clock in the morning than I do it at noon. Uh, when it, as it pertains to running on the road. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I feel the same way. Like, uh, when I was doing those long runs where I couldn't just run around my neighborhood to get, you know, four miles in and I had to run, you know, I'm doing a 14 mile stretch. So I got to run seven miles one way and seven miles back. <laughs> I did those runs Sunday morning. Cause I, there was no one on the road Sunday morning yeah. at, at 6am, whatever, whatever the face is. So yeah, you're right about that. Uh, Cause even like in my area, we've got a couple of schools here. So same thing, like the teenager that's texting and driving or TikTok yeah. dancing and just clips me from behind <laughs> for whatever reason is a fear in my life now, you know, it's, it's so yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, I, I don't know. Um, but so, you know, you were really short, sweet, you know, with your background. So let's rewind a little bit. So where'd you, where'd you grow up? You know, how'd you land in the Marine Corps? So I'm from small town, Indiana, um, Southern Indiana, to be exact. Uh, if you look at a map, the closest thing you're going to find is a city called Evansville, uh, which is down south on the uh, southwestern corner of, of Indiana. I'm from a little town called Hopstadt, just about 20 miles north of that, you know, podunk nowhere, you know, but grew up, you know, no diversity where I grew up, uh, high school, you know, none of that stuff. So, but, but no, like as I got older, um, you know, I'd see, I saw the same stuff over and over again, right? It was, it was these guys, uh, you know, they go to trade school and become an electrician or they'd go to heating and air conditioning school and become a, a heating and AC guy. And, you know, fast forward to graduating high school, um, I actually went to college to play baseball at the little local um, division two school uh, in Evansville, actually. And I went to work you know, running parts for a heating and air conditioning company. Cause that's what, you know, I have some family members that do that stuff. And, you know, it was just, it was the path that was foretold for me to go down and man, I hated it. You know, I hated it. You know, the baseball stuff wasn't working out the way uh, I thought it was going to. Cause you know, just like any other kid, uh, you know, I was actually, I was probably smarter at baseball than I, than I had talent, um, which kind of lured me into thinking I was better than I was. You know, I go off to, to college to play baseball because I'm I'm this, you know, 
quote unquote, you know, big baseball player. And, you know, in reality, smacked me in the face. Um, you know, so I tried out for that team. And like I said, it just in your head, you're going to go to college and you're going to be successful and you're going to hit 400 and you're going to be an all American and you're going to go to the major league baseball. And, and, you know, I, I mean, I held that dream until I went a freshman in college to go play. And, and like I said, reality just smacks you in the face and you, you find out that, wow, there, there are kids that are bigger and better than me. Um, <laughs> this is weird. So, <laughs> you know, like I said, baseball didn't work out for me. And, and, and that left me literally stuck running parts for heating and air conditioning. And, and so the combination of the two things, you know, having a job that I wasn't really passionate about and, and having school that I was not good at and didn't like, but only did because I wanted to play ball, which then wasn't working out. You know, I quickly realized I, I needed something different. Um, and I didn't know what that meant. I just, I knew that wasn't it. So, you know, fast forward a little bit. Uh, I had a buddy that, that joined the Marine Corps on his own straight out of high school and I kept in communication with him and he was loving it. And then, you know, one, one crazy night I come home and, you know, I'm talking about my buddy Scott and, uh, and my dad looks at me and my dad was an army vet actually got, uh, drafted and ended up enlisting and, you know, whole story. But, uh, my dad had a pretty negative military experience and, um, and, and he never really talked about it much. Not that there was any major details there that, that led to that. He just didn't, you know, he was, by the time I was born, he was, or by the time I was old enough to have conversations with him about it, you know, I, he was 20, 25 years removed from the military. So it really was a, a non-topic in our house. So, you know, talking to Scott, I, I, I brought Scott's conversation home with me for dinner one night and, and I'm talking to him about it and Scott's having fun and Scott's doing this and whatever. And, and he quite literally looked at me uh, and he's like, well, you will not join the military. And he said it just like that. And for those of you that <laughs> don't know me, um, there's one way to get me to do something. That's to tell me I can't. So I quite literally uh, called uh, Scott's mom and I said, hey, I need the drone or I need the uh, sorry, I need the recruiter's name uh, who, who, who I knew. I just didn't have his contact information. And I called him. His name was uh, Gunnery Sergeant Williams. I called him and I said, hey, Gunny, uh, you uh, you put Scott in the Marine Corps. What do I got to do? Uh, I was at MEPS within two days and I had signed contracts within three and come home and I slapped a piece of paper on the table and said, guess what, Dad? Go on the Marine Corps. Left a month later. Um, <laughs> so, again, I, you know, even left then. A, left I, a month later. Yeah. So even then, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing, you know? So, so, you know, kind of mixing stories now. So now my son's going to the Marine Corps. Um, you know, I've got the knowledge now where, you know, he's doing it a lot different. He's doing it a lot better. He's doing it with a plan, you know? So, but back then it was, man, I didn't know what I was doing. So, you know, in retrospect though, I look back and it's like, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't want to go to college anymore. I, you know, there, there was a lot I, I didn't want, right? I didn't want to do this, didn't want to do that. And, and I didn't know what I wanted. So the military for me, if nothing else, other than some great experiences and some great travel and met some great people like yourself, um, for me, and, and I realized this about a year in, I think, um, and it, it just punted my next life major decision down the road for me four years, right? I had four more years to figure it out while I was doing something productive and doing something, you know, by serving the country and, and, and all that stuff. Um, because I didn't know. And, and, and listen, I, I talk to my son about it all the time. And, and I think this kind of led to his decision to go into, you know, who knows what they want to do for the rest of their life by the time they're 18, 
I think that's crazy. I think it's crazy that we expect these kids to just know that, go to college, get $200,000 plus in debt, go into college for something that they may, they may or may not even like or want to do. I just think that's crazy. So for me, the military and, and you know, I, 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 er, I, I um, supported my son's decision to do it for, for that reason. You know, he gets to push that decision off into his life. You know, he'll be 22 at the end of, or 23, I'm sorry, he's got a five-year enlistment. He'll be 23 at the time he would potentially get out if he doesn't re-enlist. And, and I just think he's, he's going to be of a better mindset at that point. You know, he'll go through the Marine Corps. He'll get that discipline that you and I got. Uh, and, and I think he'll just be in a better place mentally to make his next real life decision. So for me, that's, that's kind of what it was. It was, it was punting the situation down the road because I was, you know, again, I wouldn't say I was miserable. I, you know, I, I had a, I didn't have a bad childhood, you know, but I, I didn't want to fall into the norm. I didn't want to be a sheep and be a, a tradesman for electrician or, or heating and air or, or whatever. I just, I didn't want to follow that same path that everybody else followed. I wanted something different. Yeah. It's that hometown thing, right? Like, similarly right here where I'm at, you know, when I was growing up, you know, I always joke and call it Mayberry, you know, and then people are like, where are you from? Well, I'm from, I'm from Mayberry. You ever seen Andy Griffith show? Like that's where I grew up. You know, everybody <laughs> knew who my parents were. I couldn't get away with anything like, you know, and everybody knew everybody, you know, like that's where I grew up. And, and there's this, um, you know, so if I have the opportunity to talk to people about like that are here, you know, I, I, they say, I, I just say, get out of here. Now, I'm not saying no, don't come back, but you got to go see what else is going on outside of town limits and not just like what you do on the weekends and what parties you're yeah. trying to find. I'm talking like, go have some life experience. And, and in your case, like Alex is going to go get five years of really solid, just life experience. That's going to just, if nothing else, give him clarity on what he likes and doesn't like, right? About the yeah. real world, like not being like, you know, a dependent of yours and meeting a bunch of different people. And, and like, even in the, like, look, we, we've met a lot of great people in the Marines, but you meet all walks of life and you also, you know, and that's where some people like come to me and they'll go, Hey, don't you think everyone should, because they, they, they talk about our stories, right? Some similar stories, success stories from military. And they go, I think every kid should have to go in the military. And I go, Hey, look, man, I met people that volunteered to be there and completely screwed up their lives because, they still made bad choices, right? Like, so yeah. don't think that just joining the military is the end all be all. Now, it it for me was a transition point to start making better decisions, right? It was like, okay, I'm going to start making better decisions for myself. And the first decision I'm going to make on that path is I'm joining the Marine Corps, you know, and that and the rest was, was, was history from there. So, you know, if you go into the military thinking like, it's just going to solve all your problems, like it's actually going <laughs> to... Yeah, it's going mean, to it's going to deal you something because if you think you can go in there and get away with crap, you can't. Uh, you actually sacrifice, I think, more of your freedoms, you know, to go, you know, serve the land of the free. Like you, you are, you will be where they tell you to be. You will dress how they tell you to dress. You will cut your hair away. Like all these freedoms of living kind of free, you know, those go away. So if you're not ready for that, and but but at the same time, like there is a ton of opportunity. If you just get in there and look for the oh, opportunity yeah. and give it everything, man, you will come out with so much, but don't go in there fighting the system, man, that, you know, go in there and get the most out of it. Well, I think it was, um, and I know you, you, you love Jocko. Um, 
you know, I've, I've read a few of his books, but definitely don't follow him like you do. And, and I think you've done some of the musters and whatnot. Um, but I think it was Jocko that said um, the path of freedom is through discipline. Right. Yeah. And so so to your point, um, yeah, you know, while you're enlisted, especially in the younger years, right, when you're a non-NCO and, and, and whatever. Yeah, you give up some of your freedom, sort of. But it's instilling that that base level of discipline that you're going to need for the rest of your life to to start building upon. And and in that discipline, as Jocko, you know, puts it very well, you know, that is the foundation and your path to freedom. So, you know, two steps forward, a million and five steps, uh, two steps back and a million and five steps forward, you know. Um, So, you know, I. I think I guess you and I probably slightly disagree on the military thing because I do I am one of those people that think that maybe all people should go in and I'm not saying they should do four or six or anything crazy like that but you know I think everybody should go through boot camp and at least be a reservist for for a year or two or something but like I, I just think so many kids these days are, are coddled even listen my kids my kids are spoiled rotten rotten spoiled rotten. Okay, I'll say it a thousand times. Spoiled rotten. Um, I, I do feel to a small degree that I did my kids a complete disservice, right? You know, man, I was 20, uh, I guess 21 when Alex was born. I, mean, I was a kid myself. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no mm-hmm. idea what I was doing. So, you know, just like everything else, and especially being in the Marine Corps when you did it, you just adapt and overcome and you figure it out. Yeah. So we, we made a number of mistakes along the way. And like I said, I, I tried to, that, that same old parent thing that everybody talks about, you know, I'm going to give my kids everything they didn't have. Well, why? Right. I ask myself that now. Why did I do that? Because the stuff I didn't have is what gave me the grit to go out and get what I got now. Right. Right. It's it's necessity. Right. Necessity yeah. drives you. Uh, it's funny. Uh, you know, Flavi, our buddy, Flavi, you know, he's, he's now gone off to he, he's a fellow sergeant with us when we, we asked out. He's uh, but he, he went on to get his doctorate. He's a he's a physical therapist. Right. And, uh, you know, which, which, you know, it's funny. You look back 20 years ago and we go, hey, man, you tell your 20 year, 20 year old self, go, hey, you see that pumpkin over there? You know, gives you a hard time. Yeah, he's. He's going to go be a doctor. You'd be like, what? 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 I'd call you crazy just like getting up before I am. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But it's awesome. But, you know, he hit me with that. And we were talking about it yesterday. He said, man, how do you – this very topic, you know, because he's he's going to have his first in the summer. And he was like, how how do you like – he was just calling out this necessity. He's like, you know, now we have these things, but how do we instill drive in our kids – you know, with this whole, we give them everything you didn't have. And I, and I, I told him, I said, you know, I'm look, cause I've got three, you've got two plus three more now, you know, but, but you know, the way I, I kind of hit that one was like, look, I was like, here's the way I'm thinking about it is okay. We came this far because we wanted this, but the disservice that we're actually doing is letting our kids think this is it. Right. Like, Hey, you know, I, my, my new mindset that I'm bringing to my family culture is, yeah, guys, we've come this far, you know, me and Jody have been married 20 years. So it's like, Hey, we've, we've gotten us this far, we've come this far, but, but this isn't it. We're, we're going to the next level. Like this is, this is the new baseline, you know, where we're going to go from here. Like, cause you know, that's it. Like I didn't come up with it. I came up blue collar, grew up in my grandmother's attic, you know, broken home, blah, blah, blah. But I'm not approaching my kids with this mindset anymore. It's like, Hey, we made it No, son. 
this is where we're at. We're we're going to the next level. We're we're not accepting this new baseline. You know, this this is our new mediocrity. We need to keep building because you need to the things that you don't have today that we're going to build towards. Like we're going to keep building this legacy. You know, beyond this and. And so, you know, I'm just kind of trying to go say this isn't where we stop. You know, as a family, we're going to keep growing and keep driving farther. We're not just stopping right here because I think that's it. You have to have that necessity. Like you, you need, you, you got to know what you want that's out there ahead of you. And you also got to know what you don't want, like, you know, and, and let those things pull and push you respectively to take you there. So it's, it's, it's something that sure. And, and you just don't want to coddle your kids and give them everything. The biggest problem that we do as parents is we protect our kids from everything. So they have oh, yeah. no scars. They have no calluses, whether on their bodies or in their minds, haven't dealt with difficult situations because you know, what happens today, uh, you know, you're, your nine-year-old is dealing with a bully at school. What mom calls the principal? Mom calls the parent. Mom, you know, mom goes and just handles it. Solves the problem. Yeah, yeah. And and I, you know, what the what you should really be doing is coaching your kid to how to deal with it. Because guess what, mommy, daddy, you're not going to be around forever. And when they're 22, they're still going to be faced with bullies. And 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 when they're 28, and when you're dead and gone, and they're 45, like they're still going to be faced with these difficult people. So they need to be, you know, while they're in the safe space of your, you know, of, of the environment you're providing them, now's the time to let them go feel some pain, you know, and, and get prepared for this stuff because it's, it's life, you know, um, you can't protect them from life. No, you can't. And, and, and listen, everything I, I, I hate, it's like the participation trophy stuff in, in youth sports, right? You know, you and I have both been involved in youth sports for, for a number of years now. It's like the participation trophy. Like I, I, I've never really agreed with that um, for the sole fact that everything in your life is going to be a competition. You know, you're going to go up in a job interview for a position that you really, really want. It's not like you're the only person going for that, right? Like you're competing with other people for that job. So everything in life is a competition. You know, you, like in my case today, you know, I'm going to go find a house today or tomorrow. Like I, I found one this morning that I really like that I want to look into. Uh, I'm not the only one looking at that house. It's going to be a competition. I'm going to have to either, uh, if, if I decide to pursue it, I'm either going to have to to win that battle or I'm going to lose the battle. And I think the way we bring these kids up today, like we're not preparing them for that. It's like, well, you know, my, my mom would have given me that. Why can't I just have it? Like, no, go fight for it. Like if that's what you want, go get it. Yeah, um, it's it's and it's to their own demise. And and there's a great book, The Coddling of the American Mind, that kind of really explains this whole problem that we all feel. I think in in at least American culture today, around you know this this entitlement thought, you know, of today's young people and stuff like that. And but look, it's our fault. It's our fault as parents because you know we're we're as we're as wealthy as we've ever been in humanity at this point. So. The comfort zone is wide and vast and easy to be in these days. And so, you know, we're doing just this tremendous disservice, um, you know, by coddling these kids and it turns into adults. It turns into teen, high schoolers that throw temper tantrums like you would see and imagine of a three-year-old, you know, because they're not getting their way. Why? Because they've always gotten their way. And when they weren't getting the way, the way they solved that problem was by throwing a temper tantrum until you know, mom or dad couldn't tolerate seeing their kid do that anymore. So, and that just becomes their blueprint 
for life, you know, and it's, uh, you gotta let your kids feel some pain, man. You know, I'm not saying go, <laughs> go hurt them. I'm not saying that at all, but you know, you just, you can't protect them. You, you know, with that's the saying, it's like, uh, what is it? You don't, uh, you don't prepare the road for the child. You prepare your child for the road, you know? Um, yeah. I so. hope we get back to that. Cause and, you know, <laughs> it, just so, just so we're all clear, um, <laughs> by no means am I a perfect parent. I have failed no at every one of these no conversations. So, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, but they're, they're conversations you got to have and you got to learn from them and even have some humility and go back to your kid. Like, you know what? Last night I had yelled at you and I could have handled that better, you know? So let's, let's talk about it now, you know, like, just because even then, like, you know, setting that example, just of admitting your mistakes, right? Like just, I think even as adult, like there's a lot of adults that haven't even matured enough, you know, in life and they've got kids, you know, and they're just passing some serious bad habits down. Uh, and it's easy to do it again. That comfort zone is vast and wide these days. So it's easy to do it. But so beyond the Marine Corps, you know, you, you hopped in this life of entrepreneurialism, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So right out of the Marine Corps, um, I actually moved back to Indiana, um, struggled beyond belief to, to find a job. I think I spent uh, six or eight months or so. And, and you talk about motivated and hustling. And I was going on three and four interviews a week for months. And, you know, what I was running into back then. So this would have been 2002. You know, it was just, hey, you have no experience. Sorry. Hey, you have no experience. Sorry. And, and, it's significantly different than what it is today. You know, today, you know, military experience, again, this is my perception, you know, military experience holds a lot of water now. Whereas I felt back then anybody, or at least in Southern Indiana at the time, you know, getting out of the Marine Corps, you know, they looked at my four years of IT in the Marine Corps going, well, you don't have any corporate experience. Well, so what? You know, a computer is a computer, whether it's in the military or it's it's sitting at your corporate office, right? So what's the difference? And so then this guy that I know, I won't mention any names, Dale. Mm-hmm. Um, so this guy I know called me out of the blue one day and just asked me how it was going. Kind of kind of a just a check-in. Hey man, how's things going? How you know, what are you up to? And so I gave him the, you know, the world's against me speech, I'm sure. And you asked me to open up my search, my job search to include DC. And I was quite literally in my Lumina, my Chevy Lumina, 24 hours later, uh, driving to D.C. to start my job on Monday. So I was a contractor to Air National Guard uh, right there in, I guess that's, uh, sure that's right. actually in D.C., Andrews Air Force Base, yeah. So I did that for about a year or so. And then, um, again, this same crazy guy asked me about starting this IT company that, that he had uh, – tinkled around with while he was in California and kind of reeled me into this, this concept of owning an IT company. So at that point, you and I started working 20 hour days. It seemed like every day for years. And, you know, the Corsica engine was, was created. Uh, I guess back then it was the the WDIT engine (laughs) uh, was created. And, and uh, I mean, that's when, that's when hard work and discipline kicked in. And so now, so kind of back to the topic at hand here, the, the hours in a day thing, I think that's kind of in, in hindsight, you know, we worked hours. I mean, we worked and worked and worked, but I think that's kind of where I fell off the wagon because, you know, I was so stuck at, at working in the business that nothing else mattered. You know, I let, mm-hmm. I let my, I mean, listen, Alex is 18, but for the first 10 years of his life, I mean, I felt like I was not there. You know, we were always working. So, you know, I, I stopped working out. I stopped reading. I stopped 
educating myself and it was, I was just fully immersed into uh, creating, well, again, you were creating the business. I was working in the business at the time. And, and I think, and again, I, I listen, I wouldn't change, really wouldn't change anything about my life. I think, I think every, every brick that we laid uh, back then had its purpose. Um, but looking at how I spent my days, you know, I was very unhealthy mentally. I was very unhealthy spiritually. I was very unhealthy, all of that. Um, and, and I, and I do wonder back like, Hey man, if I'd have known about this, then could I have done it better? And could we have built faster or, or better or, you know, whatever, you know, cause we did that for, you know, 18 years and it wasn't until probably the second half that I really started to get back into re-educating myself. And, you know, I think that's probably when I, I stepped away from being in the business and started working on it with you and, and, and reading the business books and, and, and getting better at being a leader. You know, the Marine Corps set a great foundation for being a leader and being a sergeant in the Marine Corps was a great foundation for for uh, training people and, and uh, guiding people and leading people. But like, call it what it is, you know, we only did four years. I mean, it was a foundation. Like it was mm-hmm. by no means a successful path. Um, so, you know, in towards the second half of that of that run at, at uh, Corsica uh, is when I really started to get back into the education and started to get back into reading. And, and again, even then, it was at a slow pace. Like I mentioned before, you know, I was reading a, a book every couple months, and it was slow. And you know, and again. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, I'm listening to you read this book and that book and this book, and and I would, man, I'd I'd be at home night going, what in the world? How in the world is this guy doing all this stuff? And it was then that we started talking about this, and it was then I started to fail. You know, I, and listen, I, I've I've tried the five a.m. club, or again, I call it the five a.m. club because that's the book I read by Robin Sharma, which is a fantastic book, by the way. Um, like I said, it, it's a fable, but it's he does a really good job of, of explaining the why. But it was it was then, though, that I realized that, you know, I'm not doing something. So I, I wish I wish I'd have known this stuff earlier. I, I wish I would have uh, taken advantage of it. And um, and like I said, I failed numerous times. And, you know, I, and I forget where I picked that th- this one up from. But, you know, it I looked at failure back then as a huge negative, you know, it was mm-hmm. like, man, I failed. I'm a loser. I, you know, what am I doing? And, and, you know, it, it took a lot of soul searching and, and, and again, I had no clue what book I read it in, but in one of the books that I read, you know, I think somebody said it just, just this plain, like, don't be scared to fail. Like if you fail, you, at least, you know, what doesn't work. And when I read that, I was like, man, I mean, how, how better can you say it? You know, failure is learning what doesn't work. And that is not failing. You know, that is not failure. You know, that's, that's actually success in knowing what doesn't work. So, you know, I, I probably had that in my little pocket for, for six or so years. And and it was then that I realized that that was okay. That for me, things started to take off. And then, you know, when we, when we got rid of the, of the time suck that was Corsica, because again, we worked had what seemed like a hundred hours a, a day when, when that started to fade and, and, and led me into the real estate career, you know, that's when I feel like I, I, I hopped on a rocket and just took off. Right. And, right. you know, and there's a million lessons that you, you kind of have to, to put on top of each other to, to get the full picture. But you know, it's about that same time that, you know, I had people saying, oh, you know, you, 
you're, you're not with Corsica anymore. And, and what does that mean? And, and are you going to get a job? And, you know, all that kind of pressure that, you know, I had to come back and just say to myself, like, this is, this is all okay. And I don't, I don't need people to be okay with my plan. Right. I don't, I don't need anybody's approval. I don't need, uh, I don't need to fit into your mold. Right. Um, you know, quick, quick side story. Uh, we went and again, so we're, you know, in the real estate space and I guess this will kind of merge too. Uh, you know, we're starting to get into the, the short-term rental game. You know, we're, we're in the process of converting a couple, uh, what used to be long-term rentals into Airbnb and Verbo short-term rentals. Um, but in, in that, transition within the last uh, since november uh we went to go buy a, a house in galveston that we knew could be uber successful if done right and you know i go to get some some money from a bank and again my my options at the time were a little bit limited based on my current portfolio um and and i was fighting a battle the conversations i, I were having wasn't about a good solid business plan it was about where's your W-2 income? Yeah. And in my response to him kind of laughing was like, well, I don't have a W-2 income anymore, but here is my income from my real estate portfolio. This is what I have by way of leverage. And, you know, and that conversation would be 30 minutes of me explaining that, that portfolio. And, and the question that I would get after that was, well, where's your W-2 income? Yeah. And it was then that I realized that, man, you know, what, what we're doing now is different and it's not the accepted norm. And, and like I said, I, I think I, I fully, fully learned that lesson within the last six months, which is I don't need to fit in somebody else's mold. I don't need to do it the way it's been done for a hundred years. I don't, not that I, not that I don't appreciate or, or care about that method. I just, it doesn't work for me. Right. Right. So, so, you know, again, trying to, trying to bring these topics together now, you know, when I, when I got back into real estate, you know, that's when I started to free up my, what I would consider then my nine to five to an extent that I could work on me and I could do what I wanted to do. And I could, you know, start waking up early and start reading my books again and start doing all these things that I have just neglected for years and years and years. So I, I feel healthier than I ever have. I feel smarter than I ever have. I feel accomplished more than I ever have. And, and again, this is you and I running a business for 18 years, being uber successful in it, in itself. Right, yeah, and, right. and I feel better now than I ever have. Uh, and, and again, I, I can't even say that I, I understand why that is because, you know, what you and I accomplished at Corsica was, you know, two, two kids from small town nowheres, you know, that's unheard of. You know? On our own, right? We started that with nothing, right? With the lint in our pockets, yeah, and just just will and determination to do it. I remember joking, you know, at our first office or whatever, and and I we Your were at parties, table. you know, we were <laughs> yeah, right. But we we were joking like, hey, you know, if if the market demands us picking up sticks tomorrow, that's what we're going to do. Like we were just going to like, but there yeah. was no there was no fail. Like like hey, whatever we got to do, we're going to do. And here we we even before selling the company and, and quadrupling it in 18 months, even before that, we were already five times that of the average, you know, IT service provider. And I always say like, and we weren't even trying, you know, we were, we didn't have a marketing engine. We didn't have a sales engine. We just were there, you know, uh, two Marines and, and, and other partners that brought value to like 
just getting after it. Like, and, and all of us, you know, the, the legacy, you know, Corsica gang, you know, us four original partners, we're all, you know, uh, the school of hard knocks, you know, right. Like yeah. none of us were educated or anyone told us what to do. Like we were all entrepreneurs started with nothing other than the will to serve and, and go make some money, yeah. you know, and, uh, and this is it, MBA right? Figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's so like crazy, you know, to just, man, to just the depth of experience there, um, you know, and, and what we all accomplished. And, and oh, by the way, though, right now, back to maybe what I was talking about with the kid thing, like, well, now we're at a new level, right? And we're not done yet. None of us, right? None of us guys who, who sold that company and retired out, no one's kicked back. <laughs> like, no one's kicked back. We're all going like, what's next? You know, yeah. I mean, so what's your, what's your real estate, you know, but like, portfolio up to now like how many doors are you managing since well since so now last two years we're up to 46 doors um we got a few single families we've got a couple fourplexes um we've got an eightplex uh we're in the pro so again so we've got 46 doors now uh the majority of that is long-term rentals which which all that means for those that aren't real estate terminology-esque, um, you know, we basically sign year, year-long leases or two years, you know, long-term is, you know, anything over a year. So we get in there, we renovate these places, we get these leases signed, they stay for a year and hopefully longer, you know, we hope these guys stay forever and, and little turnover. Um, but with COVID kicking in, you know, it really threw a wrench in the game. You know, there's there's the, the uh, eviction moratorium that kicked in. I mean, God, that's been going for well over a year now. Um, still in here in Houston, still, um, you know, getting a court date for an eviction is just, you ain't, you ain't getting it. You're just not. <laughs> okay. Right. So, you know, so we're, you know, so we're fighting that battle. Um, you know, we had what, what I would consider a major problem for a while, you know, not even in the beginning, it was more like, you know, nine months to a year in where, you know, people started to figure out that they didn't, not that they didn't have to pay rent, they they do have to pay rent, um, but they weren't because your big stick, which was eviction, was unable to be used, right? So they, they learned that they could get away without paying rent, right? You know, they could, they could, well, they could not pay rent. They could just not pay it, whether they could had the means yeah, to or not. Yeah. They people learned that they could get away with not paying rent. Correct. There's no consequence for not you paying know, rent. Let's put it that way. Well, well, what what what's funny is because I, you know, some of these are are willing to have conversation with you, and some of them just aren't. Some of these are just what I would consider horrible people at this point. Um, the ones that I'm I'm willing to have a conversation with, and and my thing was always simple, like. You know, COVID is unprecedented. You know, no one has been through this, you know, uh, in our lifetime, at least no one's been through this. So, you know, trying to trying to navigate these waters was was new to all of us. So, you know, I was that guy who used to be by the book. And, you know, if the lease says X, I want X and there's no deviation and three days is three days and, you know, everything. And that's a, a late fee uh, reference. You know, I was by the book and what I what I had found is that I needed to start deviating from the book because if I didn't, you know, I was going to start getting a lot of pushback, um, you know, so then we started to work with these people. So the ones I ended up having conversations with, you know, they were smart, right? They, 
I don't want to say they figured out the game, but like they realized that, you know, we weren't going to be able to evict them. So those conversations turned into, well, well, what if I pay you a third now and a third here? And, you know, well, that that translates into being a little bit later and later and later and later. And, you know, it turned into a big problem, which I think we've got mostly fixed now with the exception of a couple. Uh, so in that period of just unknown, um, we started looking at the short-term rentals. Um, so now of the 46 doors, we've can, we've got two actually active Airbnb, uh, Verbo, whatever you want to call them, short-term rentals. We got one in Houston and one in Galveston now with that beach house I was telling you earlier. Uh, I'm actively renovating. The, the one in Houston is actually a single house on a four single house complex. So we're converting the second house to an Airbnb as we speak. Um, and then I have a lease that's about to expire in August of the of the third house that I've already started having the conversation with that guy. We're actually going to move him into another unit and convert that into an Airbnb. And, and then three of the four units there uh, will be short-term rentals. And then I'll have one, um, one guy there that, that I'll actually kind of, quote unquote, pay him to kind of look out for me and make sure the trash is cleaned up and make sure the dumpsters get put out on the roads and things like that. So, um, so we've really shifted our focus a little bit. It's kind of the, it's the real estate way of saying diversification, right? You know, we've looked at that. We've looked at section eight, you know, we've actually tried section eight a couple of times just to see what that looked like. And uh, just trying to figure out how we did we diversify within the real estate uh, while protecting the the cash flow, uh, protecting the assets, et cetera. So, you know, we're, we're really excited about where we're at now. I'm really excited about where we're going. You know, I got this, this vision in my head about taking over Galveston or, or San Padre or, or, you know, the Airbnb and short-term rental markets are, are really hot down here. You know, we're entertaining all that stuff now. So what you're saying is you're leading <laughs> or you like, you get hit with these, these things and you just got to lead through it, right? Like just COVID hits and you got now these policies getting created you know, to, that you got to adapt for, you know, you got, yeah. you know, and, and you just got to lead, man. So what's uh, like some of the leadership lessons that have served you, you know, over the last 20 plus years that, that you carry? Oof, leadership lessons that carry. I mean, listen, um, you know, this kind of goes back to the whole, don't be scared to fail thing. I mean, I think the biggest one, just general leadership thing is, is, don't be afraid to make a decision, right? You might be wrong sometimes. You know, you might be wrong a lot, but make a decision, roll with it, learn from it, adapt, you know, improvise the next time or, or tweak it to, uh, you know, just make every decision the next time better. And I think, I think in terms of leading my life, you know, what I, what I've reverted to now is, you know, I try to be better today than I was yesterday. And that's it. That's the goal. Just be better today than I was yesterday. And I don't care what that means. That could be waking up five minutes earlier or getting to my desk two minutes quicker than I did the day before so I can get two extra minutes of reading. Like I, It doesn't matter how, how minor it is. My goal is just to be better today than it was yesterday. But no, man, I mean, everything comes for me, you know, as I've gotten older, um, everything comes back down to discipline, man. Just you got you to gotta figure out what you want, set those goals and have the discipline to stay on track. Yeah. And it's not going to be comfortable. Like it's yes. Oh no. Right. That's a, that's a part of it. Like, yes. But, but man, 
once you get through that, it becomes easier. You know, uh, you know, it's like, you know, you play these, like you and I came up, we're 80s babies. We played Super Mario Brothers, right? Mario, you know, Super Mario, right? And like when you first played that game, just like I'll get my kids to play it every once in a while. And like, what do they do? They run into that stupid walking mushroom like 10, 50 freaking <laughs> times. I'm like, just jump over it. And they can't because they, they, they've not figured it out. But they do. But back when we were kids, we're playing that, right? And you you get through level one and now you're on level two and level two kicks your butt and you got to get good at it. And before you know it, uh, after practice and failing and dying, starting over and, you know, you're you're at level eight. And then one day you, you start at level one and it's easy peasy, man. Right. Yeah. It's it's just you're, and you're that is to get better. It's it's all things, though. Right. Like when you go through yeah. those challenges and you fail and you learn and you fail and you learn. Like you are progressing and if you were to somehow, some way able to go back to ground zero and knowing what you know now and start again, like you, you'd plow right through it. You know, you'd plow right through it because you're just, yeah. you're just conditioned, you know? Um, well, I, I laugh. That's actually a great analogy. Uh, I laugh because, you know, I start to have these, you know, my, my now adult son, I start to have these conversations with him and, and I feel like sometimes it's like a, uh, I don't even know how to say it. It's like a, a speed round where I'm just, th- I'm throwing, I'm throwing nuggets at him. Like, Hey man, do this. Or, you know, don't do that, you know, whatever. And, you know, I, sometimes I look at him and he's glazed over and he's just like, dad, he's like, you know, what are you, you're doing it again. And, <laughs> and, and for me, it's like, you know, like you said, I, I can't start over, but he is at level one. Right. Right. So, you know, I'm trying to force feed him all these lessons learned. And and sometimes I have to reel myself back in and 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 tell myself even that, you know, if if he doesn't fail, he won't appreciate the hustle. But, man, it's it's so hard to watch these kids make the same mistakes that you made 20 years ago. So my my joke with him is, man, just let me throw 100 of them at you. And if five of them sink in at least you're better than I was. Right. So yeah, yeah, I like coach them up. Just got to yeah. coach them up. You know, that's all you can do, man. And, uh, and they, and, and other than that, they got to learn and they got to know that you're there for them, you know, and success or failure. And, and, and if nothing else, they got to learn that lesson. Like it's okay to fail. go, go screw up, man. You're going to be all right. I got your back. Go try something new, go screw up, go fail. Yeah. I've got you, you know, I mean, because, uh, you know, we went through it. Like the more you give them and you hand them and whatever, it's not serving them. You know, no, they've got to go earn it. You know, they got to no, want it. Uh, you're just, you got to, you got to get that necessity in them and get them setting their own goals. And they do, right. It comes with time. And when, what's unfortunate, I think maybe, especially like, like you and I probably our type of personality is like, we're impatient. Like we, we, we know all we know now <laughs> and we want our, uh, you know, what my, my 12 and your, how's how old is Alex now? 19? Uh, 18, he'll be 19 this month, actually. So, so, so my 12 year old, you're 19 year old. We're trying to go, Hey, here's 40 years of knowledge. <laughs> Take this. Right. And, and you're, you know, <laughs> oh. cramming in there and, and go. And, and, you know, that's our impatience, right? We just want to go, man, I got it all figured out. Like, you know, you're trying to stuff their brains with it and you really just got to coach them up and, um, you know, and just kind of, Ask them questions, like guide them, guide them to the right thoughts by asking right. them questions, not telling them what to do. But like, you know, to really to kind of influence folks uh, to like, no one wants to be told what to do. No one, like no one wants to be told what to do. Like you're saying, like with your father, you know, you know, ironically getting you to join the military by telling you not to, 
you know, no one wants to be told what to do. So when you go to your kids and you're like, do this, do that, do that. What I mean, their reaction is like, screw you. I'm not doing that. I'm going to do the exact yeah. opposite. But <laughs> if you go to them and go, Hey, what do you think about this? Or what, you know, you, you kind of ask them questions and help guide their thinking and, and have a discourse where you build trust. Um, and, and what I've learned is like, if, if you ask like future oriented conversations, uh, that help them think about these things and, and ask them how they think about them and guide and, and just kind of, if they say something stupid, you go, well, how do you know that's true? Right. If you know, if they say something, you know, not true, you kind of go, well, how do you know that's true? And then you kind of make them kind of yeah. fix themselves. But if you ask questions like, why did you do that? Or like, why, why questions imply judgment, right? So if you go to your kid, you go, why'd you do that? Well, now they're on the defensive, you're judging them or whatever. But as opposed to like going to, if they did something and go, Hey, you, 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 you did X, Y, Z. And I asked you not to like, what's up with that? Like, what's up? Like, and not, not a condescending tone, but Hey, just what, what was going on with that? And, and have them answer a what question rather than a why question. It's weird, but it's just something I've learned, you know, that helps kind of, you know, like, like say coach them up rather than kind of come as this dictator of, you know, judgment and, you know, condemption, (laughs) you know, which we have, you know. Oh yeah, we do. Um, But it, it goes with the question though, like, Cause, cause again, I have this conversation with him too. It's like, man, you know, and I'm going to, I'll ask you the question. Like if you could start over, just imagine knowing what you know now. And again, no one can do this, but knowing what you know now, just imagine what you could do with your life. If you could, you know, reset it, you know, even if you backtracked 25 years, imagine what you could accomplish, knowing what you know. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was trying to say earlier. Like that's my perspective now is like, guys, we're not, we're here. This is our baseline. Right. And this is where we're going. Like, um, so, so to me, that is where I'm at. Like, I do know what I know now, but it's, it's, this isn't it. Like there's more for us. We've got to go get it. And this guys, this is the baseline and this is who we are. And this is, you know, I I brought us this far, so to speak, me and your mother, we've brought you this far, but we're not done yet. And we're going to keep building from where we're at here. We're going to keep climbing. Um, and now, you know, I, I'm going to help you, you know, we're going to help each other keep going, you know, and, and maybe just showing the gratitude from where we were, right? Like your son is going to hear this. He should know it, like should know this story. Like this is where we came from, came from nothing, small town, nothing, you know, and, and, you know, look at, look at where we're at now, but we're not done yet. And look, we are, we are, you, you and I having, you know, sold the company, retired out, like we are starting from what we know now, right? Like, you know, we're not starting yeah. from zero. We're starting from experience at this point. And I got to tell you, feels good. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, feels way better than it felt back then, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, I feel like I can be successful this time. It's weird how that changes, right? <laughs> well, look, like I said, you know, we're, we're, we're back playing, uh, playing level one again, you know, with, with already, you know, beaten level eight so yeah but you know you kind of made the comment earlier about the four original partners and 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 whatnot like you're right none of us are sitting back doing nothing and and i i'll speak for both of us because i know you well enough you know i don't have it in me to do it i don't have it in me you know it's funny like my mom my mom's funny i and i I probably used the word once or twice to her i don't know and and i was probably joking when i said it but she's a very literal person you know i I made the comment that i was we were going to sell corsica and i was going to retire right so retired at 41 uh which probably how i said it so what does my mom go out and do she goes out and tell all the family oh Dwayne retired at 41 i'm like oh my god mother (laughs) here it comes oh my god so you know 
even to this day, I still have to have those conversations, but like, you know, I, I don't, I don't have that in me. Now I do, I do feel like I was tired of IT. I do felt like, you know, what I had to offer from the technical side, I felt like I was done with. And and for me to stay in IT would have had to been a management role, but then you can manage in anything. And so, you know, I really felt like it was a good time for me uh, to make that transition. Like you said, you know, not having the the quote unquote retire mentality, you know, I was looking for that. You, you got to do something now. Now I lucked out because you know I, I actually got into real estate quite early, and you know reading Robert Kiyosaki's uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, you know years ago, just piqued the interest, and you know, and I just kept reading reading books on it until until I fell in love with it. So now it's uh it is starting over. You're right. Right. Starting from experience. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, it, it is like uh, these new ventures since, you know, myself, it's just, you know, it's, it's funner this time. Funner, is that a word? Uh, it's more fun this time, you know, knowing what I know now, right? Like, you know, the whole, I wish I know what I knew now. Like we got that right now. Like we're building, you know, building off where we got, like we got there, you know, now we're building off that. We're still going, man. And that's, it's freaking feels great, you know? And even like you said, even like, that where we took Corsica, you know, there's this picture. If you Google it, it's, it's Google Superman Unchained, and there's a picture of like Superman like bursting all these chains off him. Like that's kind of how I felt. Like once I kind of got through the transition, because look, man, when you do something like for 20 years, like you're not going to snap out of it. <laughs> you're just not going to snap out of it, even in six months. And I talked to a guy that I got just recommended to that, like us, had a few years ago sold a. IT company is CEO and I was talking to him about getting into coaching and stuff. And cause that's what he was done. And he goes, look, before you do anything, when did you, when did you get out? And I have probably talked to him like two months after I, I, I got out of course. He's like, uh, okay, listen, before you do anything, like don't do anything for six months. <laughs> and I'll say, and, and I'm like, no man, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I got, I'm, I'm go, you know? And, uh, but he was right. Like, you know, because you do got it, you do have to kind of decompress a little bit. Like oh, it yeah. was, it was weird. I, I, I say like if I was done on a Friday, I was business as usual on Monday, just on different things, right? I did keep my routine. I did get up. I did come. We were, we're already working from home, but I came back out and I just started working on the next thing, right? It was real estate projects and and the coffee company and and what became Lions Guy. Like I just I kept doing it, but I'm just like building on, you know, new projects, new, you know, so yeah, so I like I said I was already in real estate at the time, you know, but same thing, you know, what my last day there, uh, you know, I I bought plane tickets to go visit my mom, you know, cuz she still lives in southern Indiana. I bought plane tickets to go see her for a few days and so I, I took a few days off and came back like you said that Monday and and I was just like, all right. This is it. This is what we're doing, you know, and and my then girlfriend at the time was like, well, you know, what are we going to do? And you know, I'm looking at her going, you know, I, I don't know yet, but there will be a plan. I will have it very quickly and, and we will not only push forward, but we will run in one direction and we'll go for it. So yeah. it's been great. So cool, man. Well, to, to button this up, you know, just if, if you had to explain what makes you successful to someone that you were mentoring, what would you tell them? Man, a bunch of one worders, right? You know, <laughs> you know, the discipline again, perseverance, you know, define those clear goals and attack them. Just, you know, the no quit attitude, you know, it, it's, it's the, 
for for me for me it's the goals and the discipline and just go get what you want you know don't don't be a millennial you know mentality of of expect everybody to hand things out man if you want something just go grab it you know figure it out later just step off you know how many people do we talk to about you know wanting to get in real estate and and they stay on that ledge for years and years and years and man buy your first property like let's go you know you, the, your best education is is diving in and just learning so and and i guess that would be my advice man just you know don't be afraid to fail you, trust me you're going to fail and that's okay right just learn from it and and go at it again and and I'm not saying go out and buy a bad property and lose money. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, there are going to be things that you run into as challenges that you're not going to get right. And you're just going to learn from them and, and keep going. But man, wrong. but knowledge is power, my friend. Um, you know, I, 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 bought, I fought that for quite some time getting back into my reading. But, you know, read, get educated, define your goals, have the discipline to pursue them and, and roll. Cool. Well, I think, uh, so this is what's going to happen. This is the deal that you and I are going to have. Like from now on, when we start having these conversations, I'm going to go, Hey, are you by a computer? And we're just going <laughs> to hop on. So I have a feeling like we're going to do this again <laughs> because we're going to be talking about something. I'm going to go, Hey man, hold on. Like how much time you got? And we're going to hop on and just, hey, just record it. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for it, dude. Like as we, as we got into all this, you know, my mind's going a thousand miles an hour on, on what we could possibly get into. And I actually, I actually started taking some notes just as like topics, if you will. Um, and dude, I'm like three pages into this. And finally I just threw the notebook away. I'm like, all right, this is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, no, this has been great, man. I, I, I had a blast. This is fun. I, I hope we can find another topic and do it again. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. Oh, I got topics for days, man. So we'll definitely do that. If, uh, anyone, so you talked about a lot of real estate, you know, vet life, Marine life. If anyone wanted to reach out to you to either network or ask more information, what's some ways that someone could get in contact with you? I mean, I'm pretty easy. Um, you know, my email address, uh, dwagner at the number three stripes mgmt.com, which is basically three stripes management from our sergeant days. Uh, the number three stripes and the abbreviation mgmt.com. Or text me, man, 410 490 2261. You know, I had a guy reach out to me just the other day that used to be a vendor of us at Corsica. And uh, he asked me what I was, I told him I wasn't with Corsica anymore. And he's like, what are you doing now? And I told him, he's like, man, when can we talk? And you know, I spent two hours on the phone with him uh, Monday, uh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was yeah, awesome. And I love it. I love network. it. I love talking about it. So I love helping people. Anybody that wants to talk and wants to learn, I'm willing to talk to. It, it's it's the ones that fight you and don't want to do the homework and don't want to put the work in. You know, those are the ones I feel like I don't have the time for. Uh, but if someone's sure. really passionate and wants to know, and I'm an open book, man. I'm all ears. I'll talk to you for days. Cool, man. Uh, you're are you much on LinkedIn, Instagram, stuff like that? Well, I I, I do have Instagram and all that. I, I don't get on it very much because it I find it to be a huge distraction for me. Very rarely am I on that stuff. I am on LinkedIn. Couldn't even tell you what my my name Just is on LinkedIn. Dwayne Wagner. Yeah, Dwayne Wagner. Uh, and a D U A N E. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, and listen, if 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 they know you, obviously they know you from uh, why they're getting your podcast and whatnot. So feel free to to give out my information to anybody that that's seeking it. 
Cool, man. All right. Well, hey, thanks for coming on. And like I said, we're going to do it again. Sounds good, man. Thank you. And hey, I feel like I'm the first Lions Guy graduate, by the way. I've, I've been getting these lessons from you for <laughs> 20 years. I know. So. Oh, that uh, that I, I don't know if I told you that, but the uh, the blood stripe shirt I did, I got, man, yeah. that thing's money. Yeah. You'll see. Well, I'll, I'll send you one. I don't one. know why I haven't got mine yet. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Nah. I'll send it to you. Hey, I man, was I going appreciate- to wear it today, but I, I couldn't not wear it yesterday. Like yesterday was the first <laughs> day I could wear it. And then today I'm like, man, I should not wore that, but I couldn't do it, man. I loved it. Like, so uh, I'll get you the blood nah. stripe shirt. It's, it's a, she's money. That's awesome, buddy. Hey man, I appreciate everything you do, man. You, you're an inspiration in yourself to me. So, uh, and keep plugging along. Love you, brother. All right. Thanks for that, man. Love you too. All right, brother.